you're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making. This this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making. We're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be. Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And I have a very sad people exclusive to give you, Lindsay. Maybe you saw it last night. I didn't until this morning. No. It broke my heart. You broke my heart! (laughs) Trevor Noah and Minka Kelly are, quote, officially over. (laughs) How many times have they broken (laughs) up? Like, am I having deja vu? Well, the first time they broke up, it was just because people stopped paying attention to them and they assumed that they broke up. But then they went to South Africa together and were like, we're still together. Then they moved in together. Okay, listen, the same thing happened again where people hadn't checked in with them in a while and they said, oh, I guess they're broken up. And they said, we've been broken up for months. Once again. A source told People exclusively, quote, Minka is single now. (laughs) They've been broken up for months, though. That was the second source. The first source says Minka is single now. I love this. They got two. The second source says they have been broken up for a while. Then back to the first source, the Euphoria actress, quote, has the best attitude, says the first source. God, I love that for her, that she's in Euphoria. (laughs) That's such a good credit for her. She is very happy. I love this line. She'd rather be single than waste her time with the wrong guy. It's a little bit punchy. It's a little bit punchy, but it is fair. Once again, the media decided to check in with them and the whole thing had changed. If you had to guess what another source claims is the reason Trevor didn't want to pursue this relationship any longer, can like just what do you think it would be if it were very vague in general and like from an insider source? <laughs> I, something with kids? I don't know. I never know. He's, quote, too focused on work and didn't have oh. time for a relationship. He's back in the dating game as well. Well, where else would he be? <laughs> then the other insider ended the entire thing and gave them a good kicker, which is, quote, they're officially over. There are so many quotes in this story about their breakup that are just like, they're done. It's over. They've been broken up for a while. It's finished. Finito. Stop talking to me. Like <laughs> That's all, folks. So... Wrap it up. <laughs> Time to go home. <laughs> That's all, folks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Like, goodbye. Get out of my face. That is Closing this time. Story is... <laughs> this story is wild. That's a wrap. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyway, they're broken up. Uh, so la vista. Wait, I love thinking of, th- of different <laughs> so... ways to say bye. <laughs> incredible i mean just stunning and they're broken up and that's it 
Honestly, I love that Minka Kelly is back on the market. I think she always finds a new person I'm always shocked by. Not to be 15 years old again, but I find both of them, like, exceedingly random. Like, I find them both, like, very, like, <laughs> random. Like, whoever they are with Stop. next, we're going to go random. Stop. Right? Totally. I mean, it is, like, it is, like, random. But then it's, like, John Mayer? Okay. <laughs> like, it always is not. It's random, but it's, like, is it random? No, not really. <sighs> They're celebrities, right? It's not actually random. It's never random. I'm going to play the Lady Sovereign Everybody Get Random next. Uh the Lady oh Sovereign God. song, Random. Remember that? I don't remember her? know that. I do remember her, but like, I don't remember that song. Everybody get random. Lady Sovereign was like the really <laughs> embarrassing like <laughs> Brit export no, I do. rapper from I when do. we were in college. Make way for the SOV. <laughs> yeah. Make way for the, make way for the SOV. Like her old songs like kind of came back on TikTok for like a hot minute. Everybody was like, remember her? And then everybody was like, nope. And then they moved on. But like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> What's like, M- it's not M to the B, but it's like kind of like M to the B. She has the song that's like, if you love me, then thank you. If you hate me, then fuck you. <laughs> really thrilling rhymes from Lady that's Sovereign. Good. Honestly, that's good. And Lady Sovereign is good. Okay, great. Play the song. <laughs> Her name is Louise Amanda Harmon. Now oh I get why she went by Lady Sovereign. That is the question. If you love me, then fuck you. If you hate me, then fuck you. Let's go into the comments. You are listening to Who's There, a weekly call and show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. As Lindsay said, let's go into the comments. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, I'm sure you're getting a bunch of calls about this. I don't know what that is. Anyways, um, Jason Momoa and Timothy Chalamet are in Dune together, which is even weirder. So, like, they're friends, and Elisa Gonzalez has dated both of them now. I don't know. All right. Crunch, crunch. Ugh. I'm having a meltdown on this call. Bye. I love it. So they're friends. <laughs> they're friends. Co-workers. Co-workers. Do you remember Dune? Do I remember Dune? I love Dune. I'm a, I'm a huge Dune fan. Dune head. Mm-hmm. You were a naysayer. And then I said, Lindsay, we got to <laughs> okay. go see it at Real IMAX. It's true. It's true. And then I saw it on the biggest screen ever. And then I was like, well, that I can't, can't <laughs> deny like, I that. It was a big screen. <laughs> I love this. You can't deny that the screen was big and that Duncan Idaho and Paul are BFFs. You're right. So they did press together. They did a lot of press together. Yeah. Their whole thing right. was that we're BFFs. Look at our, like, I'm little and he's big and we're buds. You know? It That's was what cute. I'm saying. Imagine them dating the same woman. The whole idea was contrasting, like, their their, their whole thing. Little Paul. What was his name in the movie? Paul? Paul. Right? Paul. <laughs> little Paul. Yeah, Little Paul. Like little Paul. He's Big Paul in cute. Dune Part 2. But in Dune Part 1, he's okay. Little Paul. I'll... Believe it when I see it, when he's Big Paul. He's Little Paul and Jace Momoa, who's, I don't even know his name. I forget it. I forget the whole movie, but I loved it. Duncan Idaho. Oh, right. And then Rebecca Ferguson is Big Jessica the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Big Jessica, Little Paul, and Duncan Idaho. Remember those, like, photos of them on the boat? Yeah, Timmy says, these swimming pool photos are seared into my brain. I think they were in a pool on a boat or something. Well, they were in Mexico, early COVID, traveling, and everyone was like... I think it was brief. Brief and shocking, you know, and then they moved on. So I'm not, uh, but I do think that the, I feel like Ace is really like trying to find her place in Hollywood. I guess it's more notable. We didn't even like think about it in this way is that he is not with Lisa Bonet anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, that's, this is the first like real 
person that he's dated after Lisa Bonet and that relationship was such like a thing capital mm-hmm. T and mm-hmm. now that Zoe Kravitz is even more famous I feel like it's even more of a thing who's in Dune 2 are there any new who's it's all them who just got cast in Dune 2 right yeah I think the who's like remain the same within the movie but then they're only bringing on them but also oh, like they're probably bringing Pugh, on who's yeah. but not like announcing them yeah 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 okay it's, it's like the Barbie movie if I have to see one Ugh. more blank is in Barbie I'm gonna do was in it now blow up my computer I don't even care or know. It's like I know I don't need to know every casting detail of this movie. You know? Did you see Margot Robbie's leaked letterbox that she had to deactivate? <laughs> that said, no, where she was like preparing. She had a list that said <laughs> she had a list. Allegedly, Margot Robbie, for those of you who haven't heard this really funny story, had a letterbox account under like a, a pseudonym. It was like Margaret Applewood. It was like some dumb yeah Ackerley. It was Ackerley. Like her real name Margaret her, Ackerley. Her, uh, her husband's and name. Maybe. People found it, and it's she has yet to confirm that it was her. This could just be like a funny troll creating a fake letterbox account for Margaret Robbie. But it said, watch for Barbie was the name of her letterbox list. And it had The Truman Show, Splash, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, The Young Girls of Rochefort, and Puberty Blues. I mean, think about Splash and The Truman Show mixed together. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like meets, which is not on there, but like Spider-Man, the the one with the cartoon. It's like I look at that and I say, got it. Got I it. I got it. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby, medium time listener. I was wondering what you think Scrub Daddy's Pride campaign is going to look like or what you want it to look like and what they will name the inevitable non-binary scrub parent thing other than scrub Lindsay and if you think Chriselle and G Flip will do SpawnCon for Scrub Daddy Pride also can you rank from who to them Scrub Daddy the Duolingo Owl because they sparked and G Flip thanks crunch crunch okay so the Scrub Daddy and the Duolingo Owl fucked on TikTok what does that mean the gigantic Scrub Daddy mascot is now palling around with the gigantic Duolingo mascot on their respective TikToks. They're doing bits together, and for reasons I can't really explain, other than maybe the social media managers know each other. And they did a video where, set to Glad You Came, 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 where Scrub Daddy it. and Duolingo Al fuck, and then the Duolingo Al pushes out new Scrub Daddies, but they're Scrub Owls. They're shaped like the green owls. I like this question, though. From who to them? Scrub Daddy, Duolingo <laughs> Owl, G Flip. <laughs> I feel like there is a whole like TikTok world of like people who care about Scrub Daddy and Duolingo Owl like via that world. And mm-hmm. I'm not privy to that. You're not one so of like them. I yeah. don't I'm sorry, but outside of TikTok, no one cares about the Duolingo Owl. Like no one ca- cares. Right? I mean I well that's why I think that this trio is so difficult. Ranking Scrub Daddy, Duolingo, Owl, and G Flip. I think Scrub Daddy is definitely the themiest, but what do you do with the Owl and G Flip? I mean, I think the Owl is is themier than G Flip, but that's like the lowest bar you could ask, actually place. Like, I don't. Who would be who? Name something cooler than G Flip. Seriously. Um. Um. You can't. You I can't. can't. I can't name anything you who you than G Flip, except you maybe can't. Lady Sovereign. Not even though. Nostalgia play. Oh wow, you're right. There's nothing hooier than G Flip. I'm just saying, like, if you're an if you're a novelty like owl that is the mascot of like a language learning app, it, that's and you're higher than G Flip. I mean, I just don't know what to tell you. 
Scrub Daddy's number one because I I use that sponge every day. <laughs> well, you use a scrub, mommy. We made that clear. Okay, I use a scrub. I use a scrub, Lindsay. <laughs> the definitive thing it goes: Scrub Daddy, Duolingo Owl, G Flip at the bottom. I hate this. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I was listening to your segment, reading the Chris Lee fan comments, and I have a theory. Unfortunately, I'm like kind of obsessed with following this YouTuber named Without a Crystal Ball, and I don't really care about her that much, but she has like a a hate community, a smart community that is almost unrivaled in anything I've ever seen online, and this is like a subject that I'm an expert in. They hate her, and Todd Chrisley is currently suing Without a Crystal Ball for defamation. You'll remember Topsy sued her last year. Uh, somebody else is suing her as well. I can't remember their name, but I'm pretty sure the Without a Crystal Ball haters, anti-fans, whatever you want to call them, um, have mobilized to support Todd Kersley. They're obsessed with him now. You can go look on the Reddit. They do this thing where anyone that uh, Katie Joy without a crystal ball is going against, they support, which has, I mean, had various results, including, like, writing Josh Decker's lawyer to give him information about Katie Joy. It's really really unhinged, but I would bet a large amount of those comments are coming from Katie Joy people because their whole thing is that, like, anybody that is going against, like, the enemy is that my enemy is my friend, and so they go really hard into supporting that person. So just a theory that obviously probably shouldn't be played on the show, but just some uh, information on what I'm pretty sure is going on in the Todd Christie fandom outside of just, like, the middle-aged uh, 45-year-old woman who loves Todd Crisley for whatever reason. Okay, crunch, crunch, bye. Wait, so without a crystal ball is what Tati was talking about, like, when she said no divinity or divination. whatever she's... Divination. Like, please don't... I'm closing the door on that. I don't think that it's divination at all. I think it's okay. just, like, a pop culture channel. But okay. the person who does it, their name is Katie Joy. So you will hear them referred to as WACB without a crystal ball or just KJ, Katie Joy, but they're the same person. They're like a pop culture commentary gossip channel. Mm-hmm. I watched a very long video from like a, a lawyer YouTuber named like Emily or something. It's like Emily's Law. And it was this like very great personality in their house, like talking about the law. He's apparently very mad at Katie Joy's commentary from last year. Remember the lawsuit between Todd Grizzly and his estranged daughter? Yes. And there was like, there were like weird sex tape allegations that sort of like went away. It was just a very strange story that seemed like the sort of thing that could tank a reality family and then it didn't. Mm-hmm. I think it was all centered around her commentary over that. There was like some sort of cease and desist sent to her from him and mm. he will never get over that. That's I think where it all stems from. And now according to the caller, a new theory is that all of Without a Crystal Ball's haters have become Chrisley lovers. Stop. I don't think that accounts for all of the deadline comments, but I think it definitely accounts for, like, the weird online passion for him. It's more that it's just people who you'd think would be fans of Chrisley would not be so online. So, like, the idea that they're, like, commenting. Well, maybe they'd be, like, online but on Facebook or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's a different crowd. Um, I love he tweeted, if you've been harmed in any way due to defamation by Katie Joy Paulson, please send all info. I mean, she's a commentary channel. How much damage could be she could be doing? Obviously, your shit's all out there if this random YouTuber is able, able to pull it up and talk about it in a way that actually affects you, you know? Mm-hmm. This is like when... 
oh my god, who sued the the when Cardi sued the the commentary YouTube commentary person? Remember that? Oh yeah, Tasha K, and she won. Cardi won. Cardi won. And Tasha Kay was like, this will not be the end of me. And I haven't heard from her since. <laughs> I mean, that's so. well, we don't really we, we don't like swim in the YouTube commentary world. But it mm-hmm. is like it is quite related to what we do here is what a lot of people do there. You know, like oh, totally. explain dramas and uh, recap stuff and go into court cases about celebs and other stuff. Mm-hmm. So like it's just a matter of where you're paying attention. I'm sure a lot of people like don't even listen to podcasts because they're too much. Oh, I already spend all my time listening to like. Or watching, watching slash listening YouTube to videos. YouTube stuff. Yeah. These YouTube communities get just like come outweigh us by like orders of magnitude. You know? I know. Like, I know. Way more people are watching without a crystal ball than listening to Who Weekly. Next comment. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, quickly, the biggest thing, in my opinion, that you missed about Laura Pausini is that she was nominated for the Oscar last year with Diane Warren for the Italian language song EOC that Diane wrote, then Laura and her songwriting partner, I think, translated into Italian and then got nominated for an Oscar for a song that no one but me likes. For a movie that does not exist, even though it stars Sophia Loren. Okay. Crunch, crunch. Oh, I'm so angry that we, for, I mean, our brains are like the size of peanuts, but like we forget. I mean, I just totally forgot we had talked about her. Like she, yeah. she was like a who that we were like, who is this? It was one of the Diane flops. Has Diane had like a good song? I mean, it's in so long. It's been so long. No. The best song that she's written in the past 10 years is Till It Happens to You. You're so right. And the song Seaside by Rita Ora from Seaside, Hello but that, well, that wasn't an Oscar. That wasn't an Oscar. Seaside's a great song. Seaside, but like the new Rita is a flop. And this Laura Pausini song I remember was not that good. Flop. Sorry, caller. But I'm glad it has a fan, but it was not good. It was a flop. But it got an Oscar nom, which is, you know, uh, Diane is, she's always seeking out an Oscar nom for a song of the year. I mean, she can't, she always has to be in the category. It's honestly a little much. I mean, I'm looking through her Academy Award nominations and it's, it truly is. None of them are good until you get to Till It Happens to You. And the one before that is Grateful, which Rita sang from Beyond the Lights. Well, you know what's so funny? It's like. She did that song with Gaga, and then Gaga said, "I don't need you. I'm doing my own song. Like I'm doing. I'm going to be my own entry. Exactly. Into, I'm not going to share this with you." She was like, "I love this. I love this space. This I is a love great space." Being nominated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And now Gaga will be nominated every year for <laughs> Song of the Year. Well, what's What's really interesting, and I feel like like awards people would probably have way more to say about this, but awards people, I kind of forgot or tend to overlook the fact that. She was prolific until she wasn't. Then she takes a 13-year break from the movies, and then she basically never leaves the movies. She's nominated 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2002, nothing until 2015, and then 2015, 2016, 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, 22. During that break, was she just like, I really think I need an Oscar. I need to get back to work. What happened there? I don't know. It could be like literally anything, but you're right. I mean, she came back. She said, it's me, Diane Warren again. After this long break, I'm going to win. I'm going to take it. And then she didn't. I got to say, when 
till it happened to you lost and i don't know how it's how she's going to come back from that it's very pride and prejudice tapping in may i <laughs> it's like lady gaga was like diane i'll be stepping in <laughs> I mean, she literally was like, I-, I will be shallowing without you. You know what I mean? Like, and I, then I will do the Top Gun song without you. you like, <laughs> the Top Gun song. The winner. The Top Gun this... song is going to win. How could it's it not win? win? I haven't seen this movie, but I've heard the song. It's going to win. I bought the shirt, which I realize is military propaganda. And it really has made me feel like a fucking asshole. But <laughs> No, I can't wait for you to wear it around town. Unfortunately, I... I bought the shirt. I was watching something on Paramount Plus and I kept seeing ads and I kept seeing the Top Gun trailer ad and uh-huh. I got a little bit I felt a little bit weird because every quote that they were using like best movie ever was like by some guy from like movie madness reviews.org <laughs> yeah, that's it how was they like do this. not I know but it was especially not like it was every review was like some guy's blog youtube.com like it wasn't it we were ta- it wasn't I didn't recognize one of the websites that they were sourcing the movie we've been waiting for, like Ken at movietings.com. Yeah, like it wasn't, it was like not looking good. <laughs> there wasn't like a substantial one in the bunch. So that's all that I'm saying. Did you see the misinformation? No. Did you see that Tom Cruise won the Palm Door? Yeah. Well, like an honorary Palm Door. He won the Palm Door like Taylor Swift earned a doctoral won a doctorate. Degree, you know? You're so right. You're so right. He's holding like an asterisk palm door and Taylor Swift's <laughs> holding an asterisk doctorate. It's like, okay. I'm just waiting for Taylor Swift to cure monkeypox now that she's a doctor. Please, no, don't mention monkeypox. I can't listen. Okay, don't don't okay. do that. Don't do it, please. Sorry. Okay, I'm not. I'm done. Did you see the misinformation? One source I saw, I think it was Deadline, said that the can standing ovation for Top Gun Maverick was five minutes. The Hollywood Reporter said it was six minutes. So what is the truth? What is the how, truth? How Do long you... did the French people clap at, clap for this movie? I wouldn't want to clap for six minutes. That's so long. When you clap for like one minute, you're like, this is exhausting. You know when you go to a show and you have to clap and you're like, okay, like when's this over? Like this clap, it's a lot of effort. Yeah, even once you're approaching one minute, you're like, I'm done with this. Yeah, you five minutes. But maybe the can energy, it's like drunk French people like screaming. Oh my I think God, that, that might be. Is there like a, do people stop clapping and other people could, pick up clapping and then they stop and then they pick up? Is there like, a, is it organized? Like I the could wave? boo for six minutes, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'd love to boo for six minutes. And Top that, that happens in France six, too. Got a six minute boo. <laughs> Booing is hysterical. The fact that yeah, people no, boo true. is so funny. It's like it's really humiliating. Funny. No one should be but booing. I'm really but. happy. It's really good that we have, though, a um, like the opposite of clapping because we didn't have that be a problem. You know, it's very much mm-hmm. like how Facebook didn't, didn't have a dislike for a while or whatever. You know, remember, it was like, I want right. a dislike. And it's like, no, you know, we needed a boo. It's much easier, you're right, to boo longer than to clap mm-hmm. for six minutes, which I argue is like painful. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Steve Aoki is famously sober, so it's interesting that he would do a collaboration with Natty Light. That's all. Crunch, crunch. Did I mention this vaguely? You didn't. I kind of... Oh, you Maybe it, you mentioned it vaguely, but we didn't say it explicitly. Okay. He used to drink. He stopped drinking. Now he is sober. And he talks. he's talked many times about like his sobriety. And like when you Google this, I didn't know this before the caller said anything. But when you Google it, it's very easy to find Steve Aoki quotes about his sobriety and how it's actually made him a better DJ because he has more energy. And like he's not hungover. And like it, he travels all the time. He's like the, the Guinness World Record holder for like 
most traveled musician. So he's constantly right. traveling and drinking makes it harder on him. But the thing is, I still think he makes perfect sense as a spokesperson for natural like vodka because anyone who's actually tasted it would never promote it, you know? Maybe that's maybe like that's the that's key. the key. It's like we need a sober person who will not want to try this shit. His like belief system isn't necessarily against alcohol. He's just like I don't do it because it makes like traveling. It gives me a hangover and it's hard to travel. This is my personal story. Yeah. Speaking of the Aoki's. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, this is definitely not Timmy, and I'm definitely not already researching, assisting, or editorializing um, for that fact. But I was wondering, who is Yumi New? I've seen her on the Sports Illustrated cover and would love to learn more about her. Um, all right. Timmy at Coachella or whatever is the people that are definitely not Timmy would say. Um, all right. Crunch, crunch. Bye. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Definitely not <laughs> Timmy. Definitely not Timmy for calling. As we may or may not have told you last night, that's a great call. Uh, thank you so <laughs> much for calling it about Yumi New. I want to point out that not Timmy wanted to call about this person himself. This was not, yes. we did not ask for it. It's not programmed, but Timmy said, I really, I think you guys should talk about her. And I said, then maybe you should call. <laughs> then maybe you should call not Timmy. And so not Timmy did. <laughs> so Yumi New. There are four swimsuit covers for Sports Illustrated this year. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's been multiples. More oh, yeah. than it's not the first time there's been multiples. They yeah. like putting they love multiple doing women multiples. on the cover. One mm -hmm. is Kim K, who I saw first, but then there's obviously other people as well, including Sierra. When I saw Kim K, I thought there was only one, and I was like, Me "That's too. so fucked up." I got really I mad. I was actually I pretty angry it's when lame. I saw it. I was like, "Let another fucking woman have a chance, please." I know it's like, can another woman wear a bathing suit? Like, absolutely not. Apparently, so you have, you have Kim K, you have Sierra, you have uh, Elon, Elon Musk's, Musk's mother May, um, who we have talked about in the past episode. She's mm -hmm. a model, and Yumi New, who is kind of the. I will say, like, the Kim K had the, had the biggest splash at first, but I think Yumi New is the one that people are talking about now for various reasons, but has really kind of outshone Kim K on the cover. Yeah, we don't care anymore. Yeah. And, like, honestly, right? poor Sierra. No one's talking about Sierra on the cover, even no though she does have a cowboy hat on. She looks great. So does May. I mean, everyone, these are nice they covers. Are, they are models. <laughs> so. They, I mean, that is their job, right? That is their job to look great. And they all look great. But the reason Yumi New got all the attention is because she's new. She's the first plus-size Asian model ever to be on Sports Illustrated. And everyone was really awful to her. It was the perfect internet split where you had people being like, yes, queen, we love you. And the other half saying, get the fuck off Sports Illustrated. I hate this. I will say what I saw, though, was less split and more people supporting her. I do think there is a lot of like, you know, it was like a quarter of people were, quote unquote, mad. And then three fourths were people who were mad at the mad people and then yeah. just supporting and loving or like loving her. I mean, she looks absolutely stunning. Being mad at the mad people always makes it seem like they're more mad people than there actually are. That's, That's what I'm saying. You know, like what I saw was mostly one guy not saying she hasn't dealt with this like her entire career because I'm sure she has. But she's absolutely stunning. And there's like literally no denying that. That's it's just whatever. And like she is also Stevie Oki's niece. <laughs> Speaking of like, <laughs> like that's literally like where like she's Stevie Oki's niece. Yeah. I know we mentioned the Aoki's earlier. Yes, she's the Wait, niece. So she's also related to the model like Devin Aoki. Right? Yeah, Devin is her aunt. And they're all related to, like, Benny Hanna founder. Like, like it's, this is, like, the most industrious family ever. Yumi's mom is the oldest child of the Benny Hanna founder. Steve Aoki is the younger brother of 
Yuminu's mother. So her mother is the daughter of Rocky Aoki, the founder of Benihana. Yes. So Yuminu's grandfather founded Benihana. Exactly. The Rocky, which is like, you can watch an entire documentary about this guy. It's fascinating. And I highly recommend it. It's like the same one as, it's the same one as the one about mm-hmm. Steve Aoki, kind of. But it's a little bit more about his about Rocky the other funny thing is or that I thought was really cute was that her mother is Dutch so the new in Yumi new is shortened from Newton boom the last name is Newton boom and her sister is also a model who goes by Natalie Newton boom which I (laughs) yeah just found find very charming Mm -hmm. and because they're both in this musical family I mean I don't want to say they're into music specifically because of Steve Aoki but because their uncle well, is Steve Aoki, Steve Aoki, before they both became models, because they are both models, Steve Aoki was like, oh, you want to be in music? Let me introduce you to my friends. And he did. And he got them record deals. So they have released music in the past. Right. Yuminu has music that I will play here. Too many But it seems like she's leaning more heavily into the model lifestyle now because you don't get on Sports Illustrated kind of out of nowhere. She's already been on the covers of other magazines. She's appeared in other magazines in the past modeling. Mm -hmm. But I think none of them were as high profile as the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, which still has weight in 2022 somehow you know like people still care about the sports illustrated swimsuit edition it's almost just like with magazines all of them people really only care about the cover which is such a bummer it's like that imagery is still very vital but then Mm -hmm. kind of nothing else or no one's like like no one's buying it but people are like i want to see the cover which is like you got to buy the magazine or else you're not going to get covers anymore Mm -hmm. i like this story that is from i think teen vogue uh, here's the headline, model sisters Yumi Nu and Natalie Newton boom on representation, the fashion industry, and finding their roots. And as model sisters, they're like, we're so glad we had other model sisters to look up to. <laughs> oh my says, God, stop. I'm so lucky stop. to have seen sisters like Gigi and Bella, Dakota and Elle, who lift each other up, even though they're in the same industry, says Natalie. It's like we're on the same team, which is like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that I can see that sisters are doing it for themselves, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wait, that's really funny. We were worried there'd be no other sisters in the biz. <laughs> it's a little funny. No, it's, it's a little very funny. funny to point towards Elle and Dakota Fanning and be like, sisters. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the, the quote about Steve, they said, he was a huge influence on us for music and also embracing our Asian roots. Steve and Devin were both breaking barriers on their own and our grandfather Americanized Japanese cuisine and broke his own barrier. We're surrounded by these people who were always pushing the edge of what could be possible. I love that like, you have to talk about your grandfather kind of in vague terms. It's almost like my grandfather who invented toaster strudel. My grandfather who created Benihana. You have to just right. be like, my grandfather Americanized Japanese cuisine. What a lineage. What a lineage. And I don't really want to talk about Jordan Peterson because he's so terrible. But the impact of Yumi knew Jordan Peterson was like, this is disgusting. I hate this. And everyone was so mad at him that he quit Twitter. So <laughs> that is Yumi knew's impact, which is imp- that's pretty impressive and cool. Although right. I, right. I wouldn't want to be in her shoes having to deal right. with that. Right. Although when still. like a the number one bully that everybody hates is like mean to you, it's like, who cares? You know what I mean? It's like that's just mm-hmm. another thing on their list of like being mm-hmm. mean about. Luckily, I think that she is confident enough in herself that she kind of was like, fuck this. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next call. Thank you, Not Timmy. 
Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing. Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go France. to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can't, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because uh I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I use Pretty Litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low-dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit. They're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Bobby and Lizzie. Um, long time, fourth time. Uh, I was just looking at my Apple News feed and I saw that Aaron Hayes apparently is joining the cast of uh, Kevin Can Go Fuck Himself in season two. Um, I just think that's really funny and iconic. I mean, she's still a who, but just thought people should know. All right, that's crunch.
Okay, I think we may need to like repeat what the what like what the context is of this. So the last Kevin Can Wait update was like four years ago. Actually, <laughs> exactly four years ago, May eighteenth, twenty eighteen. Oh my god, how long? It's like the most pre-pandemic topic we've ever had. It's like I the know. Kevin Can Wait update. So here's what oh happened. Kevin Can Wait was a CBS show with Kevin James, and his wife was played by a woman named Erin Hayes. Erin with two yes. N's. The uh-huh. ratings on Kevin Can Wait were not good enough. And so they were like, the way we're going to fix this is we're going to kill off the wife and then make Kevin a single dad. That'll make, like, the show more interesting. And we'll bring on Leah Remini as, like, his ex-partner. Like, friend, which cop. is, like, I'm a, I'm a cop. I'm a King friend. of Queens throwback, right? Yes. So they literally were like, let's just make the other show again. And they And they killed her off without giving any details it just skipped ahead a year and there was a line i found the the reporting from this during the first scene of the premiere kevin is going through the mail when he comes across the letter from his old wife's gym haven't seen you we miss you he reads aloud you know what so do i what's the colascola tweet um the colascola tweet is <laughs> it's Ma- mapa died <laughs> hold on i have to find it hello okay bye that was Mappa on the phone. She's dead of natural causes and says to start dinner without her. Season 5, episode 1 of Transparent. <laughs> it's the funniest tweet of all time. From one of the funniest people on the planet. All right. So uh, this was very, very much transparent. Mappa died RIP. Like, we just, we <laughs> yes. really don't want to deal with this death in a very sensitive way. We're just going to kill her off. So poor Aaron Hayes was fired off this show. And that it became a movement. <laughs> CBS released like a statement months later saying, we regret doing that. We should not have done that. <laughs> we should not have done that. Like ultimately she got the last laugh sort of and the show didn't last. Well, then FX greenlit a show called Kevin Can Fuck Himself, which was yes. obviously a play on this. That's AMC. Like kind of a, a meta. Sorry. What is it? What did I say? I said FX. It's FX. AMC. An yeah. AMC show called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. That's like a meta take on that where like, you know, obviously like a sitcom wife like breaks out and has like and it's like a whole thing. And now it's having it's getting a second season, which is like amazing. And Aaron Hayes, the original wife, is having, I think, a guest role, though. I don't think it's like yeah, a huge it just thing. has an appearance. Yeah, I don't an think it's going to be big. But also like. Who remembers the Aaron Hayes Kevin Can Wait scandal? Like I even I even I had to do a lot of googling um, to like refresh my memory. Listeners remember everything that we've talked <laughs> they about. Do remember ever. everything? I can't wait to. I'm I'm gonna watch this. Are you kidding? I'm gonna watch this. Can't wait. Have you watched Kevin Can Fuck Himself? As for as much as I yeah. like Annie Murphy, it's weird that I haven't given it a, sh- a shot. I watched the first episode. It wasn't quite for me, but I totally <laughs> see what they're doing, <laughs> and I like it. That's how I feel about most television. <laughs> I see what you're doing. I'm here for you. And I'm not watching next episode. I'm so fucking mad at you, by the way. What? For being the person who finally convinced me to watch The Staircase. I had my first staircase nightmare last night. And it was awful. Did you go down the staircase? It wasn't really staircase. It was in a hall. I was on my way to the staircase and I fell. Did Colin kill you? No, I tripped. So your dream, no one from the staircase was involved. You just fell down the stairs. Yeah, well, I tripped in a hallway next to the stairs, and then it was like bones kept cracking. It was so disgusting, and I woke oh up horrified. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was okay. awful. Best show on TV, though. Worth it. Hey, guys. Um, in this specific Wagatha Christie comparison, is Peter Andre the Who or is the Chipolata the Who? All right. Crunch, crunch. Both Peter Andre and the Chipolato are who's to me because I didn't know what a Chipolato was. I didn't know it was a British term for a small sausage. I didn't know. 
I thought it was like a British slang for um, chorizo for some reason, but it absolutely is not. It's just what they call a small sausage. <laughs> I just can't believe that. It's just this this trial is embarrassing everyone so much further than they like. What is with all of the trials just literally being in existence to embarrass these people? It's almost like you're signing up to be publicly flogged. Like it is insane yeah. to me. Like, this trial is bringing up things that, like, nobody should have to talk about ever again, including when one of these women, I think it was Vardy, who's the one who called her, who called the, the dick a chipolata? Rebecca Vardy. Rebecca Vardy's the one. So Rebecca Vardy briefly hooked up with Peter on, poor Peter Andre, and mm-hmm. then she told uh, a tabloid back then that his dick looked like a chipolata which is a again a small sausage uh that are common in the uk they're often used in pigs and blankets if you want to know kind of the size of the of the chipolata and then he had to respond in 2007 he responded again in 2017 and then today he like literally this day and age he had to respond again this man has now responded to this woman's like accusation of his small dick like three times it's just like so all this um, court case is doing is repeating embarrassing things in these women's lives. Yes. It's making both parties look bad. Again, to re- to recap, this is the story that we spoke about some time ago where Colleen Rooney accused Rebecca Vardy very publicly of leaking stories about her to the press via this like very cunning use of Instagram stories where she made only one person able to view her close stories, and that person was Rebecca Vardy. She wrote fake stories on her close friend's Instagram stories and then claims to have seen those stories written about in the press as though they were leaked. And she's like, the only person who had access to this was Rebecca Vardy's account, and I have the proof. And to me, that was the most stunning part of this court trial, seeing the screenshots of Colleen Rooney's fake plant stories there's one of her on a play that says let's go and see what this gender selection is all about then there's a story about gender selection needed after today flood in the basement of our new house then there was a story about a flood in colleen rooney's house and then another one about a car accident seen by one account rebecca vardy's account she said one of these will get her one of these will get her yeah we're actually in the middle of um closing arguments right now which is why we didn't want to talk about this on tuesday we actually talked about it and cut it from the show because there just like wasn't a conclusion I'm watching these live updates come in from the closing argument. And as I read them in Sky, the lawyers are speaking. The uh, Colleen and Rebecca are done talking. Unfortunately, there's no audio. It's just all kind of live blog. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm starting to think that Rebecca Vardy's going to win. Stop. (laughs) Like, they keep returning to this one text that Rebecca Vardy sent her agent, Caroline Watt, who, if you will recall, mysteriously, like, lost her computer and her phone because it's the bottom of the sea. It's a uh, whatever. It's in Davy Jones's locker. Davy Jones's locker. And there's a part here that says, I think we I know copied that it at Watt's the bottom. Miss phone is now in Davy Jones' locker, don't we, Mrs. Vardy? She goes, Mr. Tomlinson, this lawyer, is now pointing to some of the conversations between Caroline Watt and Vardy, which would not make sense if she had been the source of the leak. In discussion to the gender selection article on August 16, 2019, Vardy texts Caroline Watt. I wonder who it is coming from then. Bet it's their PR again. Has to be. I really can't see anyone being that arsed with selling stories on her. So they're saying, why would she have said all these things to her agent if she was the one leaking? This case, I need to keep reminding myself that this is not a case of leaking. This is a case of defamation. So it's it's not, they're really trying to prove that these accusations of leaking are defamation, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yes. What I'm trying to figure out is like, it's not that they're true or not true. It's did this defame her fairly? 
Like, mm-hmm. like, is she defamed? Right. Like that's yeah. the, and you know, they have these very strict defamation laws. So that's why this is even like a thing. So you think that she's going to be guilty of defamation? I think Rebecca Vardy is going to win. I think she will convince the court that Colleen Rooney defamed her. There's a lot of missing evidence. <laughs> that's yeah. like, what's so funny about this. There's a lot of missing evidence. So many funny things have happened in the court testimony where so it's many. just like where Rebecca Vardy has to explain what FFS means to the judge because the judge is like, what does FFS mean? And she's like, can I? And the judge says, yes. And Vardy goes, for fuck's sake. <laughs> for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. The thing about Davy Jones's locker was pretty funny. Yeah. My favorite thing beyond Davy Jones's locker was when Vardy was in the witness stand and said, began something by saying, if I'm being honest. And the judge was like, well... You got to be honest because you're in a witness box. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody is so, like, fed up with this with these women. Yes. They're both of their husbands, too, are, like, in the courtroom, like, trying to mind their own business. <laughs> like, yeah. not successfully. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Mrs. Justice Stein is expected to give her decision in writing at a later date. We have no idea when that's going to happen. Right. It's not a jury case. So it's just this judge who has to figure mm-hmm. out what's going on here. And we don't even know when that's going to be. Yeah, we have no clue. All right. So we'll we'll let you know when we know. Hi, Who Weekly. Medium time, medium time. I'm just going to read you the first line of this CNN story. Aquaman star Jason Momoa took to Instagram to apologize for taking photos in the Sistine Chapel by posting a sweaty shirtless workout video. Uh, crunch, crunch. Jason Momoa. We're talking about him again because... Is he a who or a them? Oh, God. Maybe he is a them. I was kind of like, is he a them? But, like, I um, I don't – now I'm really confused. I feel like he reverted post-breakup. You think so? Sort of. God, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of them-y. But this is who Doing this is who Taking a photo in the Sistine Chapel and posting it <laughs> so cluelessly. <laughs> the photo is really nice. The photo's, photos great, even. of course, because it's photos the are Sistine nice. Chapel. It's quite pretty. <laughs> it's, it's one thing to take pretty. a photo, though, like, but posting it, right? Like, you're kind of just, clearly he didn't know. He I got a photo in the Sistine it. Chapel. Shh, don't tell anyone. But I, I got it past the, the guards didn't see. Because when the guards see, they go, give me your phone. And they delete it. What was it of? A selfie of the, the, the hand of God when they're touching. I'm sorry. Do they think that people don't know what it looks like in there? <laughs> what are they hiding from us? Like, what are they hiding? What are they hiding? Read the news if you want to know what the Catholic Church is hiding. <laughs> Me asking what Catholics are hiding is a real is a real hoot. So then he posted an apology, but he posted an apology while he was working out. It's like, he's like, just lifting some weights. Sorry about taking photos in Sistine Chapel. Okay, bye. <laughs> the cage is off and I'm free to roam six weeks since surgery. We wrapped Italy. Just want to send my absolute admiration to the Italians and this beautiful country. Want to send apologies for any, want to send apologize for any disrespect. I love your culture and history. Italy, I fucking love you. All my aloha, Jay. I, I gotta say, I, and he, then he added just Jared, because I guess that's who, po- like, that's where he wants it to be posted, which is actually so funny to me that he added just Jared. <laughs> want to send apologize for any disrespect. I love your culture and history. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's nothing I could give less of a shit about than Jason Momoa breaking the rules of the Sistine Chapel. Like, oh my God, like, wow. This is the least consequential flub of celebrity has been in. He should not be apologizing to Italy. He should be apologizing to Vatican to who? City. The Vatican? Vatican City. It's its own country. I'm sorry to the Pope for daring to flash a camera in your sacred space. Didn't even flash, probably. 
I would have said, I don't apologize. And what are you hiding? Imagine being a security guard asking Jason Momoa to like delete a photo from their phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> sir. Sir. Uh, um, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> sir. Uh, Duncan. Not only is he in Italy uh, taking photos of Sistine Chapel, he's shooting Fast X. You can't ask this man nothing. Fast 10. X. Well, yeah, 10. The 10th. Yeah. I love you, Italy. What a beautiful start to our day off. Enjoying Roma. But disgruntled fans quickly pointed out in the comments that visitors are typically forbidden from taking photos or videos in the chapel. Narcs. Which is located in Vatican City. Not these, like, narc fans. Like, get out of here. Um, at Pope. At the Pope. Look what he's doing. At the Pope. <laughs> uh, Papa. Uh. Uh, Papa. <laughs> Do you I see what Jason's doing, Papa? Um, Jason. Look what Jason's doing. At Pope. <laughs> Speaking of Italy, really quickly. You call yourself Titanic stands and you confuse Fabrizio with Francesco. Fabrizio? I'm disappointed in you both. Lindsay Podcaster. I called Fabrizio Francesco <laughs> on an episode recently. It's Fabrizio who says, I can see the Statue of Liberty from here. It's very small, of course. This it's is like not the most embarrassing Francesco. thing that's ever happened to you. <laughs> I know. I'm mortified. I was just going to put it in call. You're doing amazing, sweetie. But it's like, no, I have to address this. <laughs> Do you want to like make a formal apology on your Instagram and, and tag just Jared and maybe he'll post it for you? <laughs> yeah, fill it with typos too. <laughs> want to send apologize for any disrespect. I love your culture and history. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're saying to James Cameron. <laughs> so, I, love your, I love your culture and history. Hi, Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, Cara Delzine at the BBMAs. What was going on there? I, I've never really made a strong opinion about this woman because it's just been like, oh, she's like a famous nepotism model. Like, what are you going to do? But, like, the way she was just every video I see is her, like, on her knees around some black woman just, like, being very weird. I want to know if you guys... If this is something she does often, I haven't really kept up with her creepiness throughout her career. Um, but thank you. I do feel like everyone is like we've been not that we've been saying this but we have been like we've been knowing about this and Mm -hmm. now everyone's kind of like on the same page with us and I'm a little bit like chill (laughs) which is always what happens to me as soon as everyone agrees with me I'm like okay chill okay chill Mm -hmm. okay chill you know Mm -hmm. Cara Delevingne was acting up at the Billboard Music Awards really inserting herself into spaces where she didn't belong what is going on (laughs) with this woman recently (laughs) Like <laughs> she was acting just pretty animated, I guess is yeah. a polite way of putting it. She was upbeat, animated, you know, maybe uh, maybe like there's something going on in her system that would create <laughs> excitement and alertness. I don't know. I'm not one to say, but yeah, she was quite upbeat. Seemed yeah. very chatty. <laughs> Seemed yeah. quite chatty. Yeah, right, 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 right. You know, Megan the Stallion is like on the red carpet and Cara Delevingne is shaking her cape to make sure it flows, you know. Was Cara her date? Is that like what this was? Like they did they go together? No. The conversation around it became like, why is Cara Delevingne, who is not nominated for a Billboard Music Award because she is not a musician, trying to align herself with all the successful black women artists at the BBMAs? kind of embarrassingly and in a way that's like trying to take the spotlight away from these women. What's funny is when she was throwing up Megan's cape for the photo, it just provided the worst photo. Like it wasn't even a good It wasn't photo. good. <laughs> it wasn't a it good wasn't photo. Good. Right. No. Um, as far as I know, she was not anyone's date. But 
Did you see what Julia Fox said about her? Julia Fox took a video at an Azalea Banks concert where Cara Delevingne was like trying to get on stage and then got mm-hmm. on stage and was like so kind of gross and like like annoying <laughs> in mm-hmm. the same way that she's being to Megan. And this was a while ago. And if you find the video, you can see it's Julia Fox's Instagram. <laughs> it's Julia Fox. It's it's Julia Fox's <laughs> Instagram who <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm thinking about Rebecca Vardy. Uh, is yeah. that captured the thing and she talked about it on her podcast right mm-hmm. and it was just like Kara was acting crazy you could play the clip there's a clip too and, and then- I went to a party on Friday at the box oh that um, Leah McSweeney actually hosted and a bunch of other people um, and Azalea Banks performed who we love we stand love and the craziest thing happened I don't understand why this isn't like all over the tabloids because I really thought like the next day it would be yeah but like so we're watching Azalea Banks and like we looked to the side of the stage we were like up close in the front we were like the second and row. we see this person like trying to keep push past we were pushing like, past is security. She, is she fainting? Is she okay? And then we realized it's Cara Delevingne. And we were like, oh my God. And she and was she's, being messy She was boots. like fighting with the bouncers trying to messy get on the stage. Boots. Like she was so thirsty for Azalea's vagine. She was begging Azalea's security to get on stage. And they were like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. Like Wouldn't they did not. stop budging. Like yeah. 20 minutes go by of this set. Azalea does not notice Cara. Cara's trying everything in her power to get on stage. Eventually she like tries a different method. And instead of going on the side of the stage where the security was, she comes like kind of where we were standing, a little closer to the front literally just shakes her hands it's like Azalea Azalea and, and finally, finally yeah. got her attention after 35 minutes of relentlessly trying so Azalea gets her on stage finally this is a new development in this era of Cara Delevingne where she is like trying to piggyback on the success of like way more interesting people I think Cara has slipped from her status as like a really cool it girl and now I think that she's feeling weird about it you know, like well, you remember when she was at the Eric Adams event, she was like partying with like Eric Adams, holding a champagne and dancing. That was remember so that? embarrassing. And people were like, oh, what's going on here? It was like a Monday night or like a Wells. Mm-hmm. It was a, an event hosted by Wells Fargo and built rewards celebrating the re- recent partnership, a credit card that gives people rewards for rent payments. Oh, that's fucking gross. And a guest list including Dr. Oz and Floyd Mayweather, just like the most, just like the lowest the lowest of the low. So yeah, it does it does seem like Cara is really uh not in it to win it right now. There's just a she's lot hooing. of like weird. Yeah, she's like What's happening is she's hooing. hooing. But she was hooing like she's been hooing for a while, but you're right, this is all hooing. There were also yeah. rumors that she was like dating Shailene Woodley. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Um Shailene Woodley is apparently rumored to be dating Kara Delvinier. I don't even know. I've been gay for so long and I don't know how to say that bitch's last name, but you know Kara's out here dating everybody. And Shailene Woodley's like the best fucking person <laughs> to find out that she could possibly be dating now. I knew she was going to do some wild shit like once people were going out again after quarantine, but like this is mwah, chef's kiss obsessed. I don't know if I buy that, but... I don't either. I just think she was hanging out near Shailene Woodley. <laughs> yeah, I think Kara would love for there to be rumors that she's dating Shailene Woodley. I think Kara loves attention. That's sure, what the issue sure. is. The best clue as to how the actual celebrities she is trying to steal the spotlight from feel about her can be seen on Megan Thee Stallion's Instagram post. There's a photo of her and Doja Cat. She also took a photo for Doja Cat's Instagram as well, and... Obviously got photographed taking the photo of, oh, it was for Fat Joe's Instagram, but Doja's in front and center of the photo. But, like, she's palling around with everyone. She's trying to get attention from everyone. She's like, can I help you? Can I help? She's framing it as, like, let me take the photo of you. Let me hold the cape for you. Like, let me do all of the, like, creative direction. It's really strange. 
And if you look at Megan Thee Stallion's Instagram, there is a photo of Megan Thee Stallion posing next to Doja Cat. And if you looked at the photo, you would not think anything of it. It just looks like a photo of them sitting beside each other at an event. But turns out the photo is actually like a Photoshop of a Getty image in which Kara is between it. them. It's fully, they Photoshopped her out and then posted it. So to me, that says, I want nothing to do with this person, <laughs> right? Like So funny. It's so funny. I, I think she was being polite at the time, but now, but then in retrospect was like, yeah, leave me alone. You know, like she's trying to talk to her friend Doja, who well, just like yeah. won, won all these awards, you know, and Kara's like, hey. <laughs> if you want to be the fun party friend, you actually have to be like the fun party friend. You can't be like annoying. Like the whole thing mm -hmm. is you have to balance the like, you're the outgoing one. You're the one like, oh, I'll get the photo of you. I'll introduce you to this person. Oh, like I'm, you know, I'm kind of like whatever. But you also have to kind of be in the background. You also kind of have to like respect your kind of like why you're there. You can't steal attention. You can't kind of. Exactly. Like, there, it's a specific role that I feel like she thinks she's playing, but she's absolutely not playing, you know? Nope. And you know who the fun party friends are? At Michael and Vaz Morgan. <laughs> they know really how to are. be the fun party friends. Not only, are they, not only are they the fun party friends at parties, they're starting to throw their own parties. And so that's the ultimate fun party friend. Activity. You have never seen them acting a fool no. in the background of a Rita Ora photo. You know? No, they're always no. there. Sure, they're always there. And you're sort of like, why are you always there? But now it starts to make sense why they're always there because they're chill. <laughs> you know? They're also always, you know taking the photo they're always mm -hmm. you know and and the photos that they're in are posted on their social medias they're not like the ones in the photos that are being posted elsewhere really it is sometimes right, they are but you know and they've got the connect and they've got the hookup and they've got the ride oh they'll get you an airplane oh they'll get you a helicopter oh they'll get you some <laughs> <laughs> allegedly allegedly right sorry cut me saying <laughs> bleep me saying <laughs> anyways yeah. you're right like it is one of those things where she's <laughs> <Bleep> me saying <laughs> Kara is famous, but in this specific event, in this role, she kind of doesn't know how to be the cool plus one. No, but she's not even is, a plus one, but you know what I mean. It is peak Madonna saying Courtney Love is in dire need of attention right now. That is yeah, exactly what's oh God, happening. Truly. It's Courtney Love throwing the compact the up on Kurt oh, Loader. Play the clip. That's Courtney, everybody's favorite. Come on up. Should we let her come up? Yeah. No, don't, please. Come on, Courtney. Come on up. Courtney's coming up. Well, come up. Courtney Love is in, in dire need of attention right now. There was a period on MTV where they replayed that clip every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they did. It was such a good. It was. They were constantly moment. reminding you of the fact that this thing happened for years. They were reminding you of the fact yeah. that like the craziest thing that's ever happened anywhere was when Courtney Love threw her compact up at Madonna. <laughs> I mean, Courtney Love v. Madonna was like a very, like a good moment for culture. Just the idea of those opposing forces, especially as like this kind of like conversation about sellouts and kind of like that mm -hmm. was, was a big thing we were talking about in like the, in the 90s, you know? Yeah. Let's play some rapid fire calls. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. Sunny D. Them. Sunny Delight. Who? Crunch, crunch. I know this stems from me calling Sunny D Sunny Delight on the show. And I know it has sort of rebranded like Kentucky Fried Chicken is now KFC. Sunny Delight is now Sunny D. I called it Sunny Delight. I think that's fair. Sunny Delight who? Sunny D them. I think Sunny D is the them. Yeah. Sunny Delight. No one's saying that. Everyone I know, just says it's Sunny vintage. D. Do people drink Sunny, sunny D still? I guess they do. 
I think they, they do. do. I think it's quite yeah. popular. I think All it's right. quite popular. But yeah, sure. that's the truth. Sunny D them. Sunny Delight. Who? Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, the iPod was just uh, gone extinct. I don't know the proper way to say that. But I just wanted to ask um, on that note, is the song One, Two, Three, Four by Feist a Who or a Them? I would argue that it's a them because I think if you were to start singing parts of it in a crowd, at least 80% of the people would be able to follow along in some capacity. And it's got kind of like a babyish thing, so maybe they use it for nursery rhymes or something. But uh, yeah, my question is, is the song one, two, three, four by Feist a who or a them? Crunch, crunch. It's a great question. Is the song one, two, three, four by Feist a who or a them? I meant that sincerely. It's a great question. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh huh, sure. Tell me more. Can you can you remember the the year this was released? One, two, three, four by Feist. One, two, three, four. Tell me, um, two thousand and. Like four, seven, two thousand and seven. One, okay. two, three, four by Feist. On the count of four, this time, is it a who or a them? One, two, three, four. Who? Them. Oh what? shit! What? <laughs> didn't listen to your directions and. <laughs> One, two, three, four is a them. No, it's not. Even Feist is a who. You don't the think iPod one, two, three, is dead. four it's is not a even them? A, the iPod is out and dead. The the song that everyone knows from the iPod is dead. It's a who. It's a novelty I'm not, item. I'm not changing. It's niche. It's novelty. Okay, well then, okay. We're going to fight on this. I'm still going to call one, two, three, four of them. You're going to call it no. a who, and we're going to end this on a... Uh, so let's do two more iconically iPod songs. Well, one iPod. And, is this song of them? Speaking of one, two, three, four, what about uno, dos, tres, catorce? <laughs> is that a who wore them? Vertigo by U2. On the count of catorze, uno, dos, tres, catorze, them? them. Yeah, because okay, U2s are yeah. thems. And that song yeah. is part of, is, and that song was big on the radio too. I mean, so was Feist. But like, okay. no, that song that song's more of a them than one, okay. two, three, four by Feist. Final iconic Apple song. Tell me if this is a who or a them. Okay. Oh my God. Yael Naim, New Soul. Who were them? Okay, are you counting to four still? Or are well, you I'm going to count to 14. I'm going to count to 14. <laughs> Again? Uno, dos, tres, catorze, who? Who? Okay, so I would say that New, new Souls, the who is, then one, two, three, four by Feist, and then uh, Vertigo. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I was wondering if you could rank from who to them. Florence Pugh, Florence Welch, Florence Nightingale, and Florence Italy. Lindsay Podcaster. Okay, back to Italy. We're ranking the Florences. Pugh, Welch, Nightingale, <laughs> and Italy. Firenze. <laughs> Who to them, Lindsay? Pugh, Welch, Nightingale, Italy. And the, and the city. <laughs> okay, the whoiest, unfortunately, is... Oh my god, this is hard. Isn't Wait. it hard? 
Well, wait, who's Florence Nightingale again? She was that nurse. <laughs> Her thing was like, it's really good to wash hands. Like, she was the one who was like, it's all about being sanitary. Okay, that's huge for us in this era. Yeah. Okay, well, that doesn't give her any boost, but that means I know who she is. Okay, so we have Pew, Welsh, the nurse who told you to wash your hands, and Italy. So the Vemius mm-hmm. is definitely Florence, Italy, right? Like, that is the that is the namesake. Yes. Sure. Also, you know, Florence Nightingale was born in Firenze, Italy. Okay, great. What are you trying to get me to vote her higher? It's not going to work. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I think she, I think she was named after the city. So that makes me I'm just saying that because this woman Florence was named after the city specifically. Okay. Wait, what would you This is impossible. Okay, the whoiest I think is Pew. Is Welch. You think is Welch is night is you think Welch is you is is whoier than oh, Pew? Fuck. See, I thought that, but what's more popular, Dog Days Are Over or Florence Pew? <laughs> <laughs> what's them here? I do think that Pew might be edging edging up to be more recognizable than than um than Welch. Florence Welch just has such a look too, though. Sure, but I just feel like she's still kind of like good. in a weird way niche music, and Flo is like now in Marvel yeah. star kind of. But but you're right. It's it's it's. Mm. Let's do Welch Pew Nightingale has that historical cachet, <laughs> and then <laughs> Firenze Italy. I think we go Welch Pew Nightingale Italy. Nightingale getting the boost over both of the women is a real. She she really she's said iconic. wash her hands. She really she said was like wash, wash hands. your hands. She was telling you to wash your hands to the Happy Birthday song well before any of us were in like March twenty twenty. You know, like I don't want anyone to think I disrespect nurses. I obviously think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Not trying to get fired off the view, you know. So do you feel <laughs> do you feel comfortable with Welch Pew Nightingale Italy? vaguely yeah i do but i do feel like that's kind of a shift i think pew and welsh are like neck and neck almost weirdly because they both Mm -hmm. kind of hold the same space hey Lindsay, bobby i'm watching the staircase and just like the after show started playing and tony collette interviewing she's australian i'm i feel like i've seen her a hundred times and never heard this accent before thanks crunch crunch there was nothing hooier than than Tony Collette's Australian accent. Like it is unbelievable how people forget that she's Australian. I, I think uh, whenever she speaks in her Australian accent, there's gasps are let out across the globe every time. <laughs> well, ah. well, across the United States, I think, ah. because if ah. you are a certain age, ah. you love Tony Collette because of Muriel's wedding. You know, like okay, sure, but that's why you love her because she has this iconic Australian role. Okay, but we don't. But that doesn't mean she's Australian. You're terrible, Muriel. Like to me, I can't. It's hard for me to look at Tony Collette without thinking yeah, Muriel. So you, right. So you see her a most iconic role as oh, I'm Muriel. With Muriel. Then yeah. you hear it as Australian accent. But a lot, most people kind of don't see that as her iconic, most iconic role, and hear her. You know, she's played mother for the past. You know. So many mothers. She's always Yeah, she's mother. been so many mothers. She got her first Oscar. Nom- well, she got an Oscar nomination for that mother role, American mother in Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. Then she was the mean mother in Hereditary. Then oh. she was the over it mother in Enough Said. She's the mother who gets kicked down the stairs in the staircase. <laughs> many, many, Well, not many kicked times. down the stairs. She either trips well, or an owl knocks she, her down. Okay, relax. We have, Someone a, hits see, her. If you want to watch it, you can watch it. But there's a many ways she could have gotten down those stairs. But she was down those stairs. 
But I love this tweet from Romans Jerry that has popped up on my feed multiple times and it makes me laugh every time I see it. Tony Collette is one of those people where no matter how many times you tell me she is Australian, I will not believe you. That is an American woman. Right, it's true. <laughs> that is, that is true. an American woman. So Tony Collette, them though, right? Fully, Tony Collette, right? them. Yeah, I think, I think Tony Collette has point. ascended to them them over the past you know decade. She really has, actually. Yeah. She is a reliable and, and uh, I think, respected and, I think, welcome presence in television and movies these days. Oh, Little Miss Sunshine, an iconic mother role, American mother role. But Tony Collette's Australian accent in 2022, though it may have been a them when Muriel's Wedding came out. Uno, dos, tres, catorce. Who? Who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Catorce? We did it. <laughs> Uno, we dos, did it. Catorce. Yeah, uh-huh, we did it. We done yet? Hello, hello. I'm at a place called End of Show. Thank you for oh listening to another episode of Who's There, our weekly call-in show. Keep calling in at 619 Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns. And not Timmy. You can call in whenever you want to. I know we thank you for researching and editorializing our research assistant, Timmy, but you can call in whenever you want. Timmy can do whatever he wants, people. People are like, put Timmy in the show. We're not going to force Timmy to do anything Timmy no, does not was, want to do. This is what Timmy wanted to do. He wanted to call in about this woman, and he did. So that was on he his did. own. That was no, his not own Timmy journey. did. Not Timmy did. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our read a theme song on Tuesdays. Support us on patreon.com such who weekly for bonus episodes, newsletter sometimes, Discord server, and more. We released a commentary this weekend. Surprise, we're not going to tell you what it is yet, but we're going to have a commentary this weekend. That's fun. What else? Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love your ratings and reviewings, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Allegedly, allegedly. Right. Sorry, it caught me saying bleep me saying <laughs> Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. I know I'm late to the party, but I'm like behind on episodes. And I was listening to you guys talk about Michael Pitt. Um, and I Googled him. And I'm so sorry to the woman who called in, but that is the ugliest man I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, no way to get around it. Every single photo of him on Google is ugly. I'm also a lesbian, though, so take this with a grain of salt. Um, crunch, crunch. Misha Collins, bisexual. Hey, Lizzie, Bobby. Um, long time, long time. Um, I also hope you guys can hear me because there's work being done on the street. Anyway, um, I was literally just walking into the Starbucks, and I saw this guy wearing um, a shirt that said, Bridges, not Walls. And that's obviously in, like, context to, <laughs> in context to, like, not building a wall in between the border between Mexico and America, whatever. Um, anyway, I interpreted that shirt as B.B. Bridgers and not B.B. Waller <laughs> Bridge. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought I would call and let you guys know that. That, yikes. <laughs> Bye. Crunch, crunch. Sorry, I just had to take my retainer out. Um, hi, Weekly. Um, I was just listening to the episode um, where Bobby is talking about the Cheez-It Puffs. Um, I, too, spent a very long time looking for them. Um, and I finally found them, and I tried the white and, like, the regular orange. I highly recommend the orange over the white just because it has more flavor but i will say it is very akin to 
um, the Cheeto puff equivalent. Like, you know how Cheeto has, like, the puff version? It's basically that, but there's, like, a little bit more texture to it. Like, it's less air, and it sticks to your teeth like crazy. So I can't say that it's, like, a life-changing snack experience, but I do recommend it for the novelty. And it is fun to just, like, try a new little snack, you know? Um, this call is crazy. Crunch, crunch. Hey, who Weasley. I am in Minnetonka, Minnesota, and I just saw Chris Humphreys at the bar. Um, that's not that impressive. I think the one takeaway is that he has a silver Amex Delta card, and does he want status? Is he going anywhere? What is he doing? Like, please tell me. I would love to know what Chris Humphreys is up to today. All right, crash crunch. Love you. Bye. Um, okay, so they're showing promos for um, Thor, Love, and Thunder um, during the Eastern Conference Final basketball games. And I told my boyfriend, I said, tell me if you see Rita Ora. And then um, when Natalie Portman came on screen, he said, there. And I said, no, that's, that's Natalie Portman. That's not Rita Ora. And he said, what's the difference? And I said, what's the difference? Natalie Portman has an Oscar. Rio Red doesn't have an Oscar. And he said, not yet. So um, here's to manifesting. Um, Crunch, crunch.